Vermont Viewpoint is a public affairs program produced and funded by WDEV and the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to vtviewpoint at radiovermont.com. Hello, this is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Uh, joining me by phone is Jim Lengel and Diane Leder. Uh, they are both members of Responsible Wakes for Vermont Lakes. I love that, the way that rhymes. Um, they, uh, Jim has been on the show before, um, uh, but I'm going to say hi to both of them, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, Jim, could thank you... Thank you, Pat, um, for inviting us. Yo, listen, I'm... I'm glad you called and asked because we people need to know where we are uh, with this issue on the rules <clears throat> and uh, if they're interested in what your group is doing to try to get their opinions heard. So, Jim, could you tell us a little bit about the group Responsible Wakes for Vermont Lakes? Certainly, Pat. This group formed about two years ago when the first wake boats began appearing on some of our Vermont lakes, especially the smaller ones. So down at uh, Lake Raponda in Wilmington and Peachum Pond over in Barnet and uh, Lake Elmore, where I'm sitting right now, and Lake Fairley down by the Connecticut River, all of them experienced wake boats and got together because these boats were wrecking havoc with their lakes, with the canoers, with the fishermen, with the docks and the shorelines because they create such big, enormous four-foot-high wakes. They got together and said, what can we do about it? Went to the state uh, Department of Environmental Conservation and asked them to create a rule to keep these wake wake boats off the smaller lakes. And there we are. And do you know where where are they in the process? I know we're going to talk about they've had public hearings, and I think they're sort of winding down um, the process, are they not? I had um, Oliver Pearson, who's the manager of Lakes and Pond Program for ANR. He was on the show not too long ago. Um, are, they're getting close to finalizing the rules, are they not? Yes, Pat. We're, I would say we're in the home stretch. We're on third uh-huh. base, and we hope we can score a home run. The, uh, the Department of Environmental Conservation worked with us over these last two years, to craft a rule that would allow the wake boaters to go on the larger lakes but keep them off the smaller lakes. And uh, we've had at least three public hearings on the petition and on the rule. Now, we asked that they ha- the wake boats keep 1,000 feet from shore, and uh, DEC came in with a rule at 500 feet. So we're not happy with that, but we're very happy with the fact that they – listened to us, and they did come up with a rule. Uh, The rule has been subject to public hearings. DEC got more than 700 written comments from its last hearing, and it's about to go to its last hurdle, which is the Legislative Committee on Administrative Rules. As I said, Pat, we're not happy with that they cut the rule in half because it doesn't protect some of our most vulnerable lakes, but we're hoping that before they go to the legislative committee, they'll strengthen the rule. Yeah, and I think it's Jim, important just, for people. Oh, I'm sorry, Diane, go ahead. I was just going to add to that for a second. Um, I know that the response 
uh, to the rule has been absolutely unprecedented. And, you know, for every letter or comment that you get, you can figure there are 10 or 20 or 30 more that haven't been written. But what surprised me about this was the absolute passion of the people who either spoke at these hearings or wrote something. Um, I don't think in my, you know, 60 years of activism, I have seen this kind of passion about any project that I've been involved in. Interesting. Well, um, for those who, well, we're going to talk about what a wake vote is, but on the website for the responsible wakes for Vermont Lakes, there are some videos which are pretty pretty self-explanatory about what we're talking about here. Um, could Jim, could you just say, tell us what a wake vote is? And, and I want people to understand you're not trying to eliminate wake votes. You're just trying to manage them a little bit. We're just trying to keep them on the big lakes where they won't, right. uh, they don't do as much damage. A wake boat is a large, powerful boat, a motor boat that allows someone to surf behind it. It creates a big wave that you can surf on. You've seen pictures of the surfers in Hawaii and a big curling wave and they ride the wave to shore. Well, the wake boat creates an artificial wake, an artificial wave on a Vermont lake and Oh, someone on a surfboard gets behind it and rides it. Now, these these waves are four feet high. So you can imagine that uh, anybody else on the lake is going to be swamped if they're anywhere near that big, giant wave. And I think they, they can surf without being tethered to the boat, correct? It's, it is just like Hawaii where they get up on the wake and off they go. Right, they start off yeah, that's tethered, and they hold they hold on like a water skier, but then they let go of the rope because the the wave has gotten big enough and curly enough for them to surf inside it. Interesting. So, Diane, you're up in uh, Willoughby Lake, which I think everybody loves Lake Willoughby, uh, which is probably one of our most uh, iconic bodies of water. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, tell us what you've been seeing with regard to wake sports uh, on Lake Willoughby. I will. I will be. Let me just uh, follow on Jim's uh, comments. So sure. Other boats can be modified to create these wakes. So there are wake boats that are being sold as wake boats, but they're also developing adaptations for other kinds of boats. And one of the things that we often hear is, well, you can't define a wake boat. Well, there is a whole industry, and uh-huh. they're creating a whole market segment. So we're not the ones defining it. Um, yeah, and it's really it's my growing, isn't I, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, my family and I have been on Willoughby for 77 summers, five generations. We've been owners for more than 50 years. Um, once a flatlander, always a flatlander, but <laughs> I'm a Vermonter at heart. Um, we like to think about Willoughby kind of as New England like it used to be, the real Vermont. In fact, when we have guests here, we tell them we're happy to have you, but you can't tell anybody where you've been. <laughs> um, I, I was actually shocked recently to find in my news feed an article that was uh, everything you need to know about Lake Willoughby, and I was just terrified by this. So, um, Willoughby is a five-mile-long glacial lake, and the mountains literally fall into the water um, creating a very European kind of kind of look. We've been 
called the Lucerne of America. Mm. Um, when it's windy and stormy, it is angry. I mean, it can be like the ocean. But there are many other days, like the last few days, um, where the water is is absolutely like glass. Um, let me preface comments about wakeboards just by a slight diversion to jet skis. We banned jet skis in 2004, and I knew I was against but I actually went to the public hearing and did not speak because I couldn't articulate why I was against them. But my aha was that everything that goes on around the lake, virtually every other person around the lake is impacted by them if not by what's happening in the water, by the noise, by, by whatever. And in a sense, um, wake bark boats are doing the same thing. Uh, but it's not just noise because, you know, we're talking about boat noise. But they are such a huge threat to the environment, and they are a huge physical threat to anybody else that's on the lake, uh, even if they're a considerable distance away interesting it's um um i know that one of your requirements was that um that the lakes have to be um deeper than 20 feet so you're not trying to get as close to the shore as they do sometimes and how how many acres did you say willoughby was did you did you mention that i didn't but i can tell you that yes, because please. that's what a really that? interesting we are 1,733.6 acres. And <laughs> That's precise. If, yeah, right. And, and with, um, I'm trying to think, with the 500 feet from shore, we would be seeding 62% over half of the lake uh. Uh, to the wake boats. Um, where we sit on the lake with our properties, we probably see at least half of the lake. We are kind of at the biggest um, width. And since the jet skis are gone, we have had, you know, the loons have come back, the eagles. But, but more importantly for this, the kayaks and the paddle boards, I mean, there has right. just been an explosion in that. And where we're seeing them is it's not along the shoreline. They are in the middle of the, way, uh, in the l- middle of the lake. Exactly. Yeah where these boats are going to be um, if they're restricted uh, to that area. So, Jim, you're on Lake Elmore, as you said before, which obviously is not far from Waterbury and Montpelier. Tell us what the folks up there are uh, concerned about, about the wake boats and what's happening on your lake. Ours is a very small, shallow lake. You've probably driven past it on Route 12 between Morrisville and Waterbury. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's Oh, less than a half a mile wide and a mile long. It's also very shallow. Uh, the deepest part is about 18 feet deep. Most of it where my swim platform is, the deepest I can get it out there is about six feet. And what happens with these wake boats on a shallow lake like this is that they stir up the bottom. Because in order to make that big wake behind it, they need to put water ballast in the back of the boat to get the back end of the boat to go way down in the water, the front end sticks up. They have a very powerful engine which moves the boat forward and 
sends a jet of water down to the bottom of the lake. Uh, and that's how they work. So if they go in a shallow lake like that, they stir up all the sediment that's been sitting on the bottom since the lake was formed. And in Elmore, like most Vermont lakes, part of what's down in the bottom has been sitting there for hundreds of years is phosphorus. And when that phosphorus gets stirred up, it, it nourishes all kinds of things that we don't want to be nourished, especially algae and uh, the kind of blue-green algae that can produce cyanobacteria, which is not a really good thing. As you know, the, some of the beaches in Burlington on Lake Champlain and more right. recently at Lake Maury have been closed because of these bacteria. So the shallowness of our lakes in Vermont makes these wake-surfing boats specifically dangerous to the health of the water quality. What does it do to fishing, Jim? It just seems to me that would be a little disturbing to the fish. Yes, in fact, uh, the state of Michigan, three of uh, the fish biologists from the state of Michigan recently did a review of the literature on um, the effects of wake sports on the uh, what they call the aquatic habitat, the area where the fishes live. And they found and they agreed with most of the research that we also reviewed that these things are not good for the fish. They're not good because they, they stir up the phosphorus and cause other things to grow. They're not good because they erode the banks of the lakes where the fish actually spawn and the little fish grow up. <laughs> That's really sad. Diane, I didn't know that they um, uh, prohibited um, skis on the lake. Jet skis? Yeah. Not yet, jet skis. There's not much difference, is there, between the two? I mean, what? Oh, yeah. Why, I, I'm surprised <laughs> that they say no to one and yes to the other. I guess it's. It's um, what I know about jet skis. I've tried to be on one. It's a it's a disaster, but um, yeah, yeah. I land up in the you know when you take off from the beach. I was still on the beach while the boat was taken off. So there you go. It's <laughs> like hey, wait for me. Uh, no. Um, but anyway, that I mean that's pretty. It's almost the same sort of thing, kind of. I guess I don't understand I... what the difference is. Yeah, I've never ridden one, nor have I ever had any desire to do so. Um, jet skis, there, there were a number of objections to jet skis, and it's interesting because um, it really got down to safety. I think that was the selling point oh. for Willoughby. You know, these are the kinds of things that are fun to do, circles and wheelies and figure eights right. and stuff. And there were people, there were people that... Um, had actually had close, very unsafe encounter yeah. with the use on the lake. And I think there are a lot of things about um, Willoughby that set it aside. Uh, it's a, a, I'm trying to think, it's a national, nationally recognized site, um, yeah. one of only a few lakes in the country, I think, that is. Um, so, so if you look at, at that and you compare it to wake boats, the wakes that these create are so strong. I think it's like something 10 to 25 times stronger than what are coming off ski boats, which is why they have to be moved further offshore if we allow them. And I have personally talked to people around Willoughby 
swimmers who were literally sucked under by this under this undertow like thing that happens. Right. I don't understand all the wave dynamics. I don't pretend to. But I've also talked to people in kayaks and paddle the paddle boarders are having a terrible time staying up. I have neighbors whose pontoon boats have been swamped by these by these wakes, you know, where the wakes are coming crashing over. Um, and and what's really scary, Pat, is the manufacturers are promising seven foot wakes and handheld autopilot systems. So whoa. let me just yeah, yeah, whoa. Um, let me just add that the research Jim's been talking about has been done using old boats. I mean, these aren't even 2024 boats. These are older boats than that. They could be five or or 10 years old. And these things are only getting bigger and more powerful and for others outside of the users, more aggressive. You You know, Pat, also to answer your question about the difference between a jet ski and a wake boat. A jet ski weighs a few hundred pounds and has perhaps a 100-horsepower engine. A wake boat weighs 6,000 pounds and has a 400-horsepower engine. So we're talking about a a watercraft that's six times the size and power of a jet ski. And you may remember, Pat, that back in the 1990s, the state of Vermont banned jet skis on any lake over 300 acres. We're just asking the over state to do something gym. similar for these hey. new, this new technology, these wake surfing boats, and do what they did back in 1990, do it again for this new technology. And did I think, uh, Diane, I think he meant under, I would think. Yeah. You, you said over, yeah, you over know, 2,000? Yeah, where we sit here on Willoughby, I mean, we're seeing a half mile plus across the water. And we can sit on our dock and say, oh, there's a wake boat because you see this huge white wake behind it. I mean, it's it's so characteristically different from anything else that we're seeing on the lakes. Hmm. Have you been to, uh, Diane, I know Jim has been. Have you been to any of the public hearings that they've held? Um I, I listen. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, I have. Well, because maybe Jim, you can talk about the and Diane talk about some of the public hearings. How many people, um, not only submitted in writing as you mentioned before, but I was on a uh, public hearing. Um, I think it was up in Greensboro, was it? That there were a couple of hundred people in attendance, and pretty much the same on Zoom. Um, quite a, a passionate group. You want me to take that one, Jim? Sure. Descri- why don't you describe? Uh, you were there on August first, which was the ultimate you bet public I was. hearing. There, describe what uh, you saw between August first, which was in person, and the third hearing, which was a virtual hearing. There were sixty-six uh-huh. people. Um, if you were um, selected to speak, you got two minutes. Two minutes is not right. much time. That's nope. about three breaths. Everybody who went to that microphone had selected some kind of an angle, you know, something they could say that would catch the attention of the state. Um, You you were looking for something to set your comments apart. 
But what's absolutely staggering to me is in that two minutes, and many of us got the hook, 98% talked about concern for the other users on the lake. And 64% specifically managed uh, mentioned the safety of those. Huh. And out of those two hearings, 85% supported a stronger rule. And 23%, almost a quarter, supported a total ban in the state. Um, yep. this- to me, that's just staggering. And again, and I, I think, Jim, you'll underscore this, it was the passion with which people spoke that was so distinguishing. And I got to say, the wake boat enthusiasts spoke as strongly, as, as passionately, about their right just to have fun. And they wanted no regulation. There were, I think, 6% of them or something. But, yeah, it was but interesting at that. <clears throat> it was interesting Jim, go ahead. Do you want to hearing. add to anything? It was interesting at that hearing that uh, there were only eight folks uh, that spoke in favor of, uh, in, in opposition to the rule. And the state received 759 written comments from that hearing. And of those 759, 703 of them uh, supported rule, that is, a stronger rule than the state has proposed. So the feelings of Vermonters are pretty clear these days that they don't want these wake surfing boats on their lakes, especially on the smaller lakes. The I've read, oh, several hundred of the comments, and Diane is right. They're full of good, passionate uh, reasons for why these boats don't belong on their lakes. We'll see what the Agency of Natural Resources does after they finish reading all of the comments, most of which, 90% of which, support a stronger rule. We're hoping that they modify the rule, make it stronger before they go to the legislative committee. We were talking about the public hearing and how many people were participating, primarily opposed, um, some supportive. And uh, Diane mentioned that each side is very passionate, and I know this for a fact. I know a young woman whose husband is into wake boating, and she was telling me that he's, you know, just all fired up about it and loves it, and and, um, there you go. Um, And we've got some dealerships that are um, sprouting up here in Vermont to sell the wake boats. Um, So it is becoming an industry, and what this group wants to do is to manage um, I think, Jim, if I remember correctly, I wrote it down somewhere that you were asking that 50 of our lakes be, they be prohibited because of the size of the lakes and then some restrictions on 19 or so, um, which, uh, given the total number, doesn't seem to be quite so overbearing. Is that pretty much accurate from what I remember? Well, yeah, we have uh, 73 lakes that currently allow motorboats and so those currently 73 lakes you could take your wake boat on including lake elmore and lake rapondo two very very small lakes uh and we'd like to see wake boats be allowed only wake sports be allowed only on the largest 19 lakes okay what that gives that gives the wake surfers 
more than 300,000 acres to uh, practice their sports. But we want to keep them off the smaller lakes, the smaller lakes, the shallower lakes, where their wakes uh, prevent other people from enjoying the lakes and where their wakes damage the shoreline, damage the fish habitat, and stir up sediment from the bottom. So we're asking that about 14,000 acres of Vermont lakes be protected from the wake boats and leave the wake boats over 300,000 acres, including Lake Champlain, which are big enough so they could go out in the deep in the middle and not bother anybody. Right, right. I was just going to say the reality is the folks around the big lakes don't want them either. Um, you know, we're see, we would be ceding more than half the lake uh, to them. And uh, out of those lakes that would be left, in the sense, at least a third that are already talking about petitioning for a total ban. Oh. That, well, and so there's, that's right. there's an, uh, an effort afoot to ban them totally uh, throughout the state? Uh, no, we're not trying to ban them totally no. throughout the state. We want to restrict them to the larger lakes. Right. However, yeah, some no, of those that larger makes sense lakes. To me. I just, what is the reaction you're getting from A and R? Are they giving you any indication of um, uh, that they understand what the, it is you're trying to accomplish? Now, they understand perfectly well what we're trying to accomplish, and <laughs> we've been working with, we've been working with them closely over two years to make this happen and to get a rule through the system that protects our lakes and yet at the same time lets the wake sport people practice their sport on the larger lakes where it belongs. And when when are they scheduled to go to Elkar? Uh, is it coming up well, soon? They Right now they're going through all the material that they got from the public hearings and we need to uh, praise and applaud the agency for providing so many opportunities for public input on this rule. Uh, I've never seen a rule get this much public involvement in its development. So they're reading over what they learned, they're reviewing the research, and they are deciding whether or not to modify the rule that they've proposed before they go to LCAR. We'd like to see them modify it to what we originally proposed, which is keep them a thousand feet from shore. So right now they're in the process of thinking that through and we're providing them information and we are doing our best to make sure they understand that Vermonters don't want these wake sports on their smaller lakes. Yeah. And one other thing which hasn't been mentioned is that um, um, I remember you talking about the wake boat ballast, ballast tanks. I can't say that that they're a risk for transporting aquatic invasive species like zebra mussels and Eurasian water milfoil and whatever spiny water fleas are. I think we talked about it, and I wasn't too impressed with them. But anyway, it's um, there's an issue there about uh, transporting um, uh, invasive species from one lake to another. Yes. Uh, yeah, and okay. I'll take, go ahead, Diane. Diane. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I think, Jim, when he first talked about um, what kind of what defines a wake boat, 
Um, they have these ballast tanks. Think of it as like lots and lots of space to put fuel, except they're not putting fuel in, they're putting water. Um, some of these boats can take on 4,000 pounds of water, which is what sinks them, uh, which is what sinks the stern and, and helps oh. generate this wake. So they don't trailer these with water in because it's too heavy. When they're put into a lake, they have a pump that pumps the ballast tanks full of water. And when they leave a lake, they pump that water back into the lake before they ever take their boat out of the water. The problem is, even when these um, uh, dials tell you that they're empty, these boats still could contain several gallons of water. And what's in that water may contain um, what's required to spread aquatic invasive species from one lake to another. This is why um, the addition of the home lake rule to this proposed regulation is so important because what it says is if you want to be on Willoughby, you're on Willoughby, you get a Willoughby sticker and you're on Willoughby for the season and you don't go to another lake, certainly not within the state that's covered by this, uh, during that season because you can't guarantee that your tank's are clean. Um, but, but the problem, um, so, so you have a problem then if you trailer from one lake to another, when you fill your, your empty ballast tanks, your almost empty ballast tanks at the next lake, that mixes with whatever was in the tanks and then you discharge again. So within the state, the state's rule addresses this, but we are seeing a lot of wake boats coming in with out-of-state licenses. Oh. And, um, you know, they don't have that rule, and, and we can't do anything about it. I had called, um, I had called A&R somebody, maybe Lakes and Ponds, um, within the last few weeks because I was curious about the greeter program and what information they were collecting. And I asked specifically if they were collecting information about where these boats are coming from. They are collecting information that three wake boats put in here on a certain day, but they are not collecting, and, and there wasn't any leeway at that time, although I believe it's changing, to collect the information about where the wake boats are coming from. And some of our lakes in, in New Hampshire are having serious problems. Okay. I mean, serious problems. I was down on Franklin Pierce Lake in Hillsborough a week ago. And that's a 500-acre lake, so it's not very big and it's not very wide. There's a lot of erosion where there's no vegetation. People are repairing it with riprap. But what was almost more disturbing was to ride along the wooded shoreline and see how many trees had collapsed into the water or were leaning into the water about to collapse because the soil around their roots has been washed away. Wow. Listen, we have a caller that uh, just called in, wants to talk to you all. Uh, his name is Ted from Shelburne. Ted, you're on the air with our guest. Go ahead. Yes, good morning and thank you. I thought it would be useful. I experienced both of these things, and I've been aware of the the situation. And uh, I rode my e-bike from Shelburne to Charlotte, 
last weekend and took the ferry over to Essex, New York. And so I saw something that I realized <clears throat> at some distance must be a wake, road, wake boat just by itself uh, going north uh, in near the middle of Lake Champlain. And then a little bit later I saw something, and I'm, I'm not sure... Uh, Pat, as as you mentioned, having tried it, this is the the jet ski is a single individual thing that has a sort of big motor and a almost like a surfboard, a small device with handlebars that swing up right. that you you have great power and you're on a <laughs> a small water vessel that doesn't doesn't make much wake or anything, but it makes sound and it makes. Uh, and without being gender unfair, but we'll say boys do <laughs> what they want to do, like doing wheelies uh, right. and so forth on on the water. And so, uh, from New York State, a jet ski appeared and was playing on the wake, being a little foolish, doing almost like a wheelie, jumping and so on. And then after minutes, that wake came to the ferry, and it wasn't big, but it was obvious how much energy was being put into moving the water around for recreation. And uh, something that hasn't been mentioned and is the amount of fuel <laughs> that is used. I think there's no question of making one of these electric, or possibly, but because they're, they need to be heavy anyhow. But uh, the amount of, of footprint of using fossil fuels that these boats uh. use in addition... And so, I mean, the two are not too comparable uh, in terms of the, the amount of, the vast amount of fuel that it takes to make this wake for recreation. Uh, and in addition to all of the environmental issues you're talking about, I just wanted to just sort of ex express that visual <laughs> experience I had in the, in the two, taking a dump truck across town. Uh, to pick up your mail or something uh, in terms of yeah. how much energy and space is taken up. I think he was just talking about seeing the activity on the lake and um, with a little bit of jet ski snuck in there. Um, so they're here, are they not? Yeah, uh, Pat, Ted is right. Uh, these You can't miss these things. Even on our largest lake, Lake Champlain, out in the middle, these things make quite an impression. They make a huge wake, they make noise, and they disturb the surface of the lake. He's, a, he's right about that. Imagine if he saw it on Lake Champlain, what right. it would be like if one, of, if one of these went down the middle of Joe's Pond or one of our smaller lakes. You'd not only see them, but you'd feel them. He made another point, too, which is about their use of fossil fuels. The typical wake surfing boat has an engine of at least 400 horsepower that's more than in your car or truck and when they go at their maximum rate uh, propeller rate they use up quite a bit of fuel so that's another reason that these things might not be the best for vermont's environment or for vermont's lakes yeah, because there's such a focus right now on all the things you just mentioned about the use or less than the use of fossil fuel uh, and about, well, that's the guy, the cost of that fuel must be a little staggering. 
Um, I, I know, Jim, that your organization, and I, I presume Diane was involved in it, put out a report um, maybe, what, a couple of months ago, if not a little bit longer, about the environmental impact of um, use of wake boats. And I think it's important if anybody wants to um, wants to check it out, I'm assuming it's still on your website, it's called the Economic Impact Analysis of Wake Surf Boat Regulations in Vermont. And um, could you talk a little bit about that report? And I also wanted to ask, if I remember correctly, you said that, that the use of these boats are in direct conflict with some of our statutes, and that surprised me. Yeah, well, let's first speak to the economic analysis that yep. that we did and that uh, the state did. In order to pass a rule in the state of Vermont, the agency that proposes the rule has to file with the state an economic analysis of the effects of the rule, as well as an environmental analysis. And the state uh, put both of those in. They're both up on our website and they're on the state's website as well. And in the economic analysis, we found that Lake-based tourism is a very important part of Vermont's economy. People come up to our lakes to go fishing and canoeing, to go swimming at the state parks that have beaches on the lakes, and just to enjoy the nature. The wake surfing would spoil many of those smaller lakes, and people wouldn't come anymore. If you couldn't kayak and you couldn't fish and and the birds all flew away, you wouldn't come up to Vermont lakes. So the economic uh, detriment, if we don't control these these wake surfers, we're going to see uh, many millions of dollars lost to our tourism uh, industry. In terms of the economic analysis uh, and the environmental analysis, we found several different things. First of all, the erosion of the shoreline that Diane talked about where the trees were falling in the water. When these wakes hit the shore. And as you know, as the shoreline slopes up toward the edge of the lake, the the waves get bigger. They they erode the shoreline and cause it to collapse. And that's not a good thing for our lakes. And as we mentioned before, they stir up the bottom sediment, uh, causing that long dormant phosphorus to rise up and nourish things that we don't want to be nourished in our lakes. There's also the recreational impact. The wakes from these big boats prevent the paddle boarders and the swimmers and the kayaks from enjoying the lake because they'd be swamped as the wake hits them. Wow. That's interesting. And do you recollect the four uh, statutes that uh, you all feel that this uh, wake boat um, uh, conflicts with uh, some of our statutes? That's sort of a surprise question, so I'm not sure if you can answer that. Oh, I can take a shot at it, Pat. I'm not a lawyer, <laughs> but uh, I've, I've been working. I've been working with Vermont law for uh, for, for 50 years now. Um, yeah, the first statute and the most important one is the statute that says the Agency of Natural Resources must take responsibility to keep the our lakes safe for their traditional uses. And they specifically mention boating and swimming and the uh, recreational enjoyment of nature on our lakes. 
So the use of a uh, wake surfer violates uh, uh, that peaceful nature of the lakes, that statute, and it also violates, it also prevents the other users from using the lake. So that's the first statute. The second statute is the one that says that um, boaters are responsible for their wakes that uh, a boater's wake, if it damages the shoreline or another person, a swimmer, a kayaker, a paddleboarder, that the operator of that watercraft is responsible for any damage caused by their, by their wakes. This is a common, this is all throughout the world, wakes. You're responsible for your own wake. So by operating a wake boat, especially uh, in wake surfing mode on a small lake, you're already violating uh, two statutes. Oh, very interesting. And I'm assuming you're going to present all of this to LCAR and, and uh, be um, uh, sign up to be a uh, presenter, I'm assuming. Well, we're hoping we don't have to, Pat. What we'd like oh, to see happen, we don't want to go to LCAR, no. We want the the Agency of Natural Resources to modify the rule as the public requested uh, back to 1,000 feet, and then we'll go, then there's no rule will be acceptable to us and to Vermonters, and uh, that's what we're hoping and expecting is going to happen. The, the agency will modify the rule, it'll go to LCAR, and it will pass. That's what we're hoping. Well, I'm, I hope you are successful. You certainly have enough uh, support, I think. Um, Diane, we've got two minutes left. Um, I really appreciate your coming on and joining Jim on the show. Um, maybe we can meet in person someday. Um, I hope you guys keep us informed about what's happened um, with Elcar, and, and uh, we'll keep track of it. So thank you both very much for being on the show. I um, hope you all stay tuned for the second hour. We have uh, Drew um, from Agricultural Development Specialist. He's uh, from Vermont Agency of Agriculture, and he's just done a survey detailing the flood damage for our farmers. And we love our farmers, and uh, it's, it's sad to hear what's happened to them. So um, stay tuned. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. 